right. So it is it is Sunday, uh, February twenty first at exactly one eleven p.m. Um, this is the Mofo Podcast. Uh, I am your host Moise Batiste. Where again we uh, I'm connecting with my former teammates to start out, and uh, the goal is to again connect with former teammates and people that I love and respect that I've learned from and grown from and. Um, the whole purpose as an educator is to give back, you know, is to pull out the best in people. And so I, I try to strive to live uh, to that rule and on that mission. And um, that's what this platform is for, is to share with the rest of the world and also give uh, uh, the people that I love and respect their flowers while they're still here. So uh, without further ado, we have the 1996 Northeast Conference Defensive Player Rookie of the Year uh, at defensive tackle, uh, 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 Ohio's finest. He was the first person to tell me about LeBron James. I didn't know who LeBron <laughs> James was. He was the first person to tell me about LeBron James. And uh, uh, this is one of my former teammates. Here's a very unique distinction that I can say. Uh, I had the pleasure of playing with him, coaching him, and coaching with him. That's that's a trifecta. Yeah. So I got a chance yeah. to play with him, coach yeah. him, and coach with him. And we, and uh, we, and we was on the same uh, recruitment trip together. And we was on the same recruitment trip together. It's very true. Uh, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. We gonna get to that uh, sure. when we first met. Uh, 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 but yes, Murray Poole, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on my brother? What's going on, Sakpase? Nabule. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, 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 I'm happy to say that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that your name has come up on other interviews, you know, as it relates to, like I told you before, James Noel mentioned you. And um, when he, when I called him fat as a prop, he came to you for a workout and you're the one that gave him a, you know, uh, uh, a jump rope and Taiwan oh, yeah, mentioned you as well. And yeah, yeah, Nate uh, Nate List mentioned you in a, a story about against Wagner. So you've been popping up. Your name has been popping up in uh, different contexts. And, uh, you know, you got to say, all, you can say that you also transcended uh, two different generations as it relates to Robert Moore's football. There was that initial uh, class, but also you got uh, right. with that second class right behind, you got a chance to play with them. So, What's going on, brother? How you feeling? And, 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 and yeah, tell me what's going on with you. How you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm down here in Tampa Bay. I came down to visit my sisters and my nephews and my dad. We down here enjoying this weather. Had to get away from that cold up in Ohio for a second. I had to get away from all that. But yeah, this is, yeah, this, I'm feeling bro. good. I'm feeling good. Hey, let me tell you something, boy. That shine is that sunshine is glistening off your head so good, <laughs> and I know that feeling, boy. It, 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 it's yeah, I already know it's you like know a it. deep tissue scalp massage. I, yeah, <laughs> man. You know, ball. Shout out to all the cat. Hey, shout out oh, to all no. the follically uh, challenged brothers out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but yeah, man. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, man. So let's go ahead. And, oh, before I do that, man. So I, I usually start off with by telling people uh, 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 when I first met them and why I appreciate them. So let's start off when we first met. 
Uh, we're going to start off with uh, on our recruiting trip uh, uh, in April of 1996, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we, 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 uh, that spring, we went up there for a visit and I met a guy on my trip named Murray Poole and, uh, uh, Jamar O'Neill. And, uh, they, they, those were the two guys that was sitting in the office. Yes, sir. Shout out to Peanut. Um, and, and, and Rad was telling us about why we should come to Robert Morris. And I told Nate about how you thought my name was Nate Liss. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, he was talking about I'm like, is this Nate? Who the, who is Nate? This Nate is right, cold. Right, right. Nate gotta be the shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you know, Rad put on that full right. core press and was, you know, yeah, he was very convincing, you know, to us three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It made us feel like we were the most important pieces. You know what I'm saying? Which is how good recruits do. Recruiters and you, do. So, and you know what's crazy? Um, yeah. And you know what's crazy about that, about uh, that recruitment trip is I never got recruited by Dave Harper. Like, I never got recruited mm. by anybody. Like, anybody from up there. Like, like the reason I came up there was from um, the guy, Bobby, a guy named Bobby Pritchard. He played with my cousin, uh, Larry Poole in the NFL and he knew Joe Walton and it was some stuff it was some stuff going on in my high school that my coach wasn't trying to get me anywhere he was trying to sabotage my you know recruitment shit so mm-hmm. like I was trying to just get you know so I was working with Bobby Pritchard and Bobby he the one that told me to come up there because I remember because I've been listening to the podcast I'm like okay Dave Dave recruited a lot of people and I'm like, mm-hmm. I never met Dave till I got there. I never met Coach Harper till I got there. So like, right. like when I got there, Bobby Pritchard is the one that was like, okay, yeah, we gotta go because I was, I was, he was talking to John McAvick in Texas when mm-hmm. he was the coach of Texas because John McAvick from Barber, and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to get him down there. I'm trying to get this, this tape from my coach, my high school coach. He didn't want to give me nothing. I still ain't got the tape. I get, wow. I asked him for a tape. I didn't ask you for a highlight tape. I'm like, just give me the coach in Texas just want the best, my best game. Just give me that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. He never gave me a tape. I seen him at a basketball game. Then he said, well, you never gave me a videotape. So I gave him a videotape, still ain't got the tape back. But anyway, so long story short, I got that tape from my guy, Brandon Bradshaw. His dad was taping all the games. He ended up going to University of Rhode Island. And I sent it down there. And it was like, by then, by the time I sent it off, it was, you know, it was too late type shit and it was like you know we can't do nothing for you so that's when Bobby Pridgen was like and, and and his son Robbie Pridgen I knew when he was younger he actually coached basketball at Robert Morris so he he coached okay. up there I don't know if he still does now but he did he did before but um he actually like he got me connected with Coach Walton I didn't know I didn't know Coach Red don't only thing I knew was Coach Walton and Robert Morris because Bobby Pritchard was like, yeah, I'm good. It's a, it's a startup school out in, Robert, uh, in Pennsylvania. They only been playing for two years. You can go there, you know, for a year if you want to try to go back to Texas, da, 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 whatever. I'm like, okay, that'll work. You know, I'm just trying to get somewhere because I did my coach was sabotaging my whole recruitment shit. So, yeah. um, but that, that's actually how I ended up there because that's why I said, like, when I'm here, y'all be talking about Dave, and I'm like, that's crazy because I never met Dave. I never met Coach Harper. But um, 
That's and that's that interesting because you know Harper being a Ohio native and and you know really holding it down. Uh, right. It's, it's interesting that y'all paths never crossed, but you know everything happened the way it's supposed to. So, but yeah, you know it's funny we fast forwarded a little bit to how I usually do, but I'm glad they happened the way it did because now we get to work our way backwards. And yeah. so yeah, I told you about when first time we met and why I appreciate you is man like you are you know. You, you, you one of those guys that, that, again, especially because of the stories told about you by, you know, some of the younger guys that, that you really did try to serve as a mentor and try to steer them right. You know what I'm saying? Taiwan and those guys, Cliff, spoke highly of you because you they're put my, them under people. their wing. And, you they're know, uh, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You followed my lead, man, and, and you're like, okay, these the young Florida talents and, you know, you saw the talent in them as well and you know, it was easy, you know, to help them. But yeah, man, you know, yeah. that, that's what I really appreciate you about you, man. And um, but yeah, let's let's jump to your story, man. So you're from Akron, Ohio, correct? Right. I was born, I was born in Atlanta. Okay, yeah, so let's let's yeah. And, but then I moved to Akron, like when I was like three months old. So yeah, I'm from I'm basically here, yeah, I'm from Akron. Okay, so so tell me about growing up in uh, uh, Akron, man. Uh, how, if you would describe, you know, because you know, obviously there's a lot told through the LeBron James story um, and how yeah, I, got, I got a LeBron. You know, I got a different first time the I saw story, LeBron but, story, huh? Go ahead, hey. But let's start. I want you to start off with your childhood and youth, and describing yeah. the town or the city of, of Akron, and then and then then I will jump into that LeBron story. Well, yeah, I mean, I grew up um, on a, I grew up on the east side of Akron, and it was, it's, it's cool, like it's, it's, it's nice over there, it's, it's, it's cool, but like growing up over there, it was, you know, around those times, it, it was pretty much like every neighborhood, urban area neighborhood, a lot of drugs, a lot of violence, a lot of shit. But the people I grew up around, like my friends that was older, they like. You know, it was like a family atmosphere. So it was a lot of negative stuff that was around, but like it was a, a lot of family like atmosphere. Like I, I used to be out all types of nights. You know, I'm 11, 12 years old. I really never had a curfew. I used to already be out, but I had like family around. I had like my friend, my godson's dad, like, you know, everybody was around. So, you know, it was growing up over there, it was cool. And like, um, I ended up, uh, I went to, public school for up until my eighth grade year. And it was just, you know, I didn't I didn't actually start playing football until my ninth grade. So, cause like I was always too big. Hold that thought, hold that thought. We, yeah, hold that thought. But we gonna get into athletics. But uh, so I'm glad you mentioned it. it it's funny the, the, the pattern. Cause I, I think there's an assumption that a lot of us play literally football, but a lot of us, for the most part, started playing in ninth grade. So yeah. um, that, that's very interesting, and we're and we gonna get into and, that. And uh, and but you, so, okay, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like it's like a lot of the <laughs> like a lot of the me growing up, like I grew up with a, with a lot of older boys, so we used to always be out in the street doing shit and we will always end up running places. So I think that's where I got like, you know, my little, uh, the little quickness I had, the little speed I had for my size is because I was always running. Like when I was little, when I was younger, 
you know, we'll do some shit <laughs> to take off. You know, we in the, in the night, we go, you know, running back to the crib, whatever. So, I mean, it was just, you know, just growing up over there, it was like a, it was a big family atmosphere though. Like, I'm still close with a lot of people I grew up with. Like, uh, like you know, people would say that you got history with 30, 30 years plus. I got history with niggas like, I've known since they was kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm. and a lot of from, ranging from a variety of people. Like, you know, I got the, I know people who's on the, this side of the tracks to that side of the tracks. You know what I'm saying? So, and we close friends. So, but yeah, growing up there, Akron was, you know, it was pretty good as far as like the west side of Akron had a lot of, you know, progressive black folks. You know what I'm saying? That's where my family had originated from. But me and my mom moved to the, to the east side when I was younger. And, um, but the, like the west side of Akron is like a, like the west side of Akron is like, you if you drive on the west side of Akron today, it would, <laughs> it would be a hard press to see. <laughs> you would be, it'd be strange to see a white person like just driving along. Maybe, you know, maybe now, but like when we were growing up, it was like, it was hardly any white people over there, but it was like a, you know, good area. It wasn't like bad or nothing. But I mean, there was bad areas, but you know, just like every neighborhood, every neighborhood growing up in America. So it's just like Akron is just a, I don't know, it's it's, it's, it's a lot of, right now it's, it's real bad. It's, you know, the rise of like, it, it was bad when I was growing up, but the way it is now, it don't make no sense. Like for us to be the side we are, we like the nineteenth in murder rate in the country last year, and it's like these like the kids are just going crazy. But it, it's just a remnant of what we going on in the past with the drugs and the, and everything moving. So, but like right now, you know, it is what it is. Everything is the same around everywhere. So. But yeah, growing up there is cool. I it, it was a family atmosphere, even though within that atmosphere there was a lot of negativity and a lot of, you know, violent aspects and drug aspects going. So, so LeBron's freshman year, when when LeBron was a freshman, and my dude, I had a dude I, I played. Uh, hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. He just, oh, he went to the. Uh, yeah, that's my yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm still here. No, yeah. So um, LeBron was playing football, and he was a freshman when he played football. That's the fr- this is the first time I saw him. Mm-hmm. So we up there watching my dude's brother, who's a junior at St. V. He played defensive end, and LeBron is playing wide receiver. And they ran a play where LeBron ran a slant across the middle against a cover two defense with the linebackers right there sitting there, and LeBron. The quarterback throws the ball. LeBron sees the linebacker in front of him. The ball gets to him. He tipped the ball in the air, leaned back. The linebacker dove at him, and he missed him, and LeBron went up and caught the ball. Like, I'm sitting there like, he was a freshman when he did this. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Because I didn't know who he was at the time. And they were like, they were like, my uh, dude was like, yeah, that's LeBron James, but he better in basketball. I'm like, that nigga cold as fuck. You see that shit? What he just did? I'm like, you know, he was like, so... So you're like, no, but he's better in basketball. So, okay, I got to tell you the first time we, we went to go see him play basketball. So it's basketball season. So I think it's like the fourth game. And um, my dude's brother, the dude that we go to school with him, his teammate, he come home. He keeps saying, oh, I got to go see 
my boy LeBron, he the best freshman in the country. I'm like, he the best freshman in the country? That nigga from Akron, what you mean he the best freshman in the country? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm still, still thinking that, you know, he from Akron, what you talking about? So I get my cousin, my cousin Terry Wallace, we go and uh, we get fucked up, get blow, get drunk. We go to the game. They playing Cleveland Benedictine. And we go, we walk in and I see LeBron and I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's him. He was, he wore number 32. He was number, he was number, his freshman year, he was number 32. I'm looking, he had, a, he was tall, skinny, he had an afro, about 6'2", 6'3". So I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably him right there. We fucked up, right? So I, don't, I know you from Miami, so I don't know how the basketball do it down there. But like, usually what, what happens is they announce the players, everybody do their clap and shit. The crowd sit down and they do the jump ball and they tip off. So when they announce the players, so while they after they announce it, the whole crowd is still on their feet going crazy, just clapping. I'm sitting there like, why the fuck is everybody sitting there clapping, right? So this is the first time I see this nigga play basketball, right? They do the jump ball. Nigga do the tip ball. LeBron get the tip. Now, you know his, his business partner, Maverick Carter, he's on this team. He's a senior on the team. He was Mr. Basketball mm-hmm. in Division Three that year. He a senior on the team. LeBron get the tip. I mean, somebody get the tip, and they LeBron run up the court, they pass it to him. This nigga pull up for a three, hit all net. The crowd go crazy. I'm like, damn, that shit was slick. <laughs> they run back down the court. This nigga get a steal, run back up the court, stop at a three, shoot all net again. I'm like, God damn, I turn to look at my cousin. I'm like, this nigga got a chase. That shit cold. This nigga come back down the court again, get another steal, run up the court, and did that Michael Jordan leaner dunk. No, that was the first three players I ever. That's the first six players I ever seen this nigga play. I'm sitting wow. there looking. I looked at my cousin, but the whole time the crowd was already sitting up there clapping before the jump ball even jumped. And I'm like, why are they clapping like this? Like, why are they tripping like this? And so when this nigga came out and did that shit, I'm sitting there like, I looked at my cousin like this. I couldn't even do shit. I was sitting there like, like who the fuck? I, I went back uh, over my dude John's crib with his brother. I'm like, duh. LeBron is gonna be the best player ever to play the game of basketball. I, I swear, you can ask this nigga named Johnson why I said that shit after the first time I saw him play. I said I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life because it was first of all, my thought process was like you got a senior on the team who's Mr. Basketball in the state of Ohio, so you had the audacity to come out and just start firing like off top, like just start going. But then you make the shit, then you get a steal, you make the shit again, you get a steal, then you dunk the shit. I'm like. And then after that, that whole rest of the year, I went to all the games. And then it was a story his sophomore year, well, going into his sophomore year. This Now, remember, this is when I left school. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going back up to school. But when I go back up to school, I went back up there in the summer for a little bit. And LeBron was coming up there. He went up there to the five-star camp. I knew who he was. And his teammates knew who I was, like Drew Joyce. Sheon Cotton, I, I was talking to them at the five star, like Romeo was there. It was a lot, a, a lot of them. John McGee, uh, uh, Alili Kaleli, uh, uh, not, it was not Al, but it was uh, another dude. There was a couple of them up there, but I knew them because they knew me from being because when LeBron was a freshman, all the games was at his high school, mm-hmm. and then every you know, I would be at every single game, but then right after his freshman year, all the games got moved to the after you because everybody was like, We got to see this nigga play. So we um we we up at the five star camp and this dude is playing in both leagues. Like he's a sophomore, 
but like it's a, in five star, it's an NBA league and an NCAA league. The NCAA is like the sophomores and and decent juniors and the freshmen, and then there's a freshman league. But then the NBA league is only juniors and seniors. And like LeBron wasn't, he was just past the freshman. He wasn't even a sophomore yet. This nigga was in both leagues and he made both all-star games and balled in both of them motherfuckers. I'm sitting there like, like this nigga was winning games because they was on top on the top courts. I don't know if you was if you remember when they put the top courts up there on the hill. Yep. And they weren't allowed to dunk. The kids weren't allowed to dunk. So one game, I'm sitting there watching him. So it was like the last play of the game, I guess. And they threw a line from half court. This nigga caught it and dropped it in and smacked the glass, but because he wasn't allowed to dunk, so he dropped it in, won the game, smacked the glass, but then he had to run and take off the sewer center to go get to another game. So I'm trying to follow him. And here come one of the uh the people at the with the golf court come pick him up and take him. I'm like, God damn it. So now I gotta run hard because I can't even follow the nigga. I chase the golf cart. But in them games, they only allowed to play two quarters, either the first or the third or the second or the fourth. So by the time he got to his new league at the NBA league, he's sitting there walking up and down, just reading all the newspaper clippers on the wall while his team is playing. His team is playing the game and he's just sitting there, he ain't paying attention to the game. He just looking and reading all these newspaper clippers about Kobe, Michael Jordan, like, you know what I'm saying? All these great players, he just looked up and down. So then the quarter end, he go to the huddle, he come out, this nigga first play, he get the ball, go, he he get a rebound, go all the way up the court left-handed and take, I'm sitting there like, that. is he left-handed? That's the first time I seen him, he went the whole court left-handed. I'm like, dog, this nigga, this, this nigga is ridiculous. He killing everybody, like it wasn't just accurate. He was killing everybody everywhere he went. And the shit just kept on, it kept going and going and going. And I just, when I got back to Robert Morris, I started bringing niggas back to see him. And like, it's funny cause I be seeing a lot of people that I fuck with at Robert Morris, a lot of they LeBron stories be about me taking them back to scene. Cause I used to be like, y'all gotta go see this motherfucker play ball. Dog. Like I know y'all niggas from DC, New York, Florida, Cali, you know, Maryland, wherever y'all from. Like, yeah, but but this motherfucker from Akron, this motherfucker the truth. Y'all, and them niggas started coming back and like all these stories, this shit was crazy. That shit was dope, dog. It was, but yeah, that uh, LeBron changed a lot of shit there. Like, like, cause, cause the team, his senior year, the team he won with was all from Akron. Like, I mean, there was like a couple people that was like, you know, transfers or whatever. But like, the the the, the five players that he, it was uh, five players he came up with. They was all from the city, and they went. And the team that they won their senior year, they they made a schedule to schedule all the top teams in the country. They didn't just play the top teams in Ohio. They scheduled, they went 25 and 0 and beat every fucking team in the country with a group of niggas from Akron. Man, yeah, right, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, that's, man, you know what I'm saying? You can't tell me shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? That nigga went, he said, like, we gonna schedule every team in the country, all the top teams, and we about to body all these niggas and bring that bitch back home to the city. And that's exactly what he did. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, he a homer too. He 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 repped the city harder than I do. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was up, when I was at Robert Morris, like they niggas knew I was from Akron. Niggas knew, you know, that's where I was from. I, I wasn't, I like people, yeah, where you oh, you from Cleveland? Nah, nah. I ain't Cleveland about 45 minutes from us, 45 to an hour. It's not the same. We ain't we ain't the same for mine to tell you that. Jamal Riff will tell you that. 
Monroe Hillsman will tell you that. Cleaning that acronym is different. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Hey man, I, I thank you for that, man. I let you purposely go and go because I, I that's a good, uh, cool insight to someone who's so celebrated and hated, you know, you know, uh, and people that built careers hating on one person, which is you, absolutely you know, amazing to me. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that he hated. Like when people say, when when people say he don't, uh, he passed the ball all the time. Like it's just one story. He was a freshman, this nigga, I think they was playing Stowe, like a little suburb team. This nigga dropped like five straight buckets. It was the end of the third quarter, dropped five straight buckets. Like, it was like a couple seconds left, and everybody's standing up going crazy. We think he about to shoot this nigga, get past the nigga, go to the hole, and kick it out to the smallest nigga on the court, Drew Joyce. Like, he was like four foot three at the time. Nigga missed a shot, but I sat there and looked, I'm like, like I'm sitting there looking at like like most niggas wouldn't have did that shit. Like most niggas, like you just hit five straight and you hot. You about to go up and get a foul and you know you about to go. But he like nigga, let me get my people with. Like you forgot about my nigga. Kept kept. But so that's what I'm saying. Like people see that now and be like, yeah, he's scared. I'm like that nigga was doing that shit when he was a freshman. I seen it firsthand. Like that's why like when people say that shit, I just be sitting there like that should be it be like you know everybody got their own views about. Cause at the time that they saw him, at the time that they start watching him, but when you start watching this nigga when he 13 years old and he doing the same shit, he playing the same way that he did when he was 13 that he do now, he just better at it. It's like you know what I'm saying, like that shit is just is it's amazing. It's it's like amazing because that's when you mentioned uh, people hating on him, like you know that shit was just like that just that's what it came to mind. Cause like yeah, they be like oh yeah he's scared, he's scared, he ain't this. Yeah, I'm like this nigga, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he ain't never man. been in no scandal. <laughs> no, nah, he ain't never man. been in no he, real scandal. That nigga, that nigga, nobody wants Say what they want, man. He he is a no. You what you can't say is he's not a a halfway decent human being, at the very least. You know what I'm saying? And I I think that you know on a humanistic level he's a one. You know, and and uh, I salute from afar. You know what I'm saying? And and and. Again, as a man, he's doing his thing. But yeah, man, but back to you though. So uh, one of the other things that I found very unique about you is your the way your mind works. And, and we had a discussion about, uh, about to get into some academic talk. So uh, um, how were you academically elementary school? And um, when did you know that you were a little different when it came to math and how, and, and how you saw the world and quanti doing quantitative it's a quantitative mindset. How, uh, what, what, how would you describe your elementary school and, and your K twelve experience academically overall? Well, it was like I re actually remember it was uh, the fourth grade, and uh, our teachers like we had to take tests, like math tests, and the way the test worked was the teacher would put everybody's paper down on top of the desk face down. And she would say, "Don't nobody touch their pencils. Or, no, 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 no pencils." And then after everybody got their test, she'd say, "Go," and everybody flip their test over and take it. So what I would do, I, I mean, I did everything everybody else did, but I didn't realize what was going on. I would be done in like two minutes, and it, and it was what it was was time tables. It was like a hundred of them, ten across and ten down, and all in one filled up in the middle. And it was different timetables, like, you know. And so I would just be doing them, going across, 
going down. Like I would just be like, I got to the point where I would just be like, like I wouldn't do them in a row no more. I would just, keep, you know, just do them. And like I didn't, cause I was, cause, cause I would always be done, and I would just be sitting there, and that's why I used to always get in trouble in school. Like they used to think I had ADD or ADHD, like you know, because I was real smart, but I was always in trouble. Cause the group of people I ran with, like you know, we was we was bad. We it was, but but it was, but it was an extra time. So like think, imagine this: you in fourth grade. And the teacher gave you a test that's supposed to last some students 15, 20, 30 minutes. You know, but this is a, 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 a all day test, all day class. It's not this is elementary. We're not switching classes. So I'm done in two minutes, one minute, two minutes. And so now I'm sitting there. What am I gonna do? The only little cute girl I like. You know, somebody get up to do a pencil triple. Like I'm just a little kid doing shit, so now they like I'm going getting going to the office, going to. But then when they get my test back, hundred percent, I don't miss shit. I don't miss shit. So then the next, the next year they call my mom and say, yeah, we think he's you know pretty good at math. So they start putting me in elevated math classes, and my fifth grade year, and like I would have to switch classes for math. That's when I remember having to switch classes to go to math. And I was like, cause everybody else was just, you know, like Murray is trying to go to math and I had to lead the class. I'm just like, oh, so then my my sixth grade year, I actually took algebra in the sixth grade. And no, 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 no. Eighth grade, my bad, the eighth grade year, I took algebra. My eighth grade year, I took, no, my seventh grade year, I took algebra. My eighth grade year, I can't remember what I took, but then my ninth grade year, I had to, I took algebra again because I went to, ended up going to a parochial private high school because I actually got, you know, kicked out of public school for my ninth grade and I had to, ended up going there. And, um, so, like, but that is when, it's, it's actually crazy because I actually got to see the difference between public school and private school because when I got, when I was in public school, I was, I got, my eighth year, I got suspended, like, like 30 sometimes, like including in school and out of school suspension. And I would get suspended, but I would, I I had straight A's, except for handwriting. My handwriting was terrible, but everything else I had A's in. So, but I was always in trouble. But then when I got to Hoban, Archbishop Hoban High, my highest GPA was like a 2.3, like a, no, a 2.7. And I was like, God damn, this shit is hard. Like, but they made you actually work. You actually had to do the work. You couldn't just skate by. But the, the the crazy thing is what I noticed is when I got to college, when I got to Robert Morris my freshman year, it was my freshman year in all my math as, you know, you remember we had to take core courses, math yes. and some kind of science or whatever. But I was ahead of, me and this girl, Holly, was ahead of every single person in the class. And like, I'll be, I was sitting there, the same shit that was happening in the fourth grade was happening there. I would have to take a test. I remember, uh, I forget the guy, I forget my professor name, but he was one of the ones that he was cool as hell, but he knew that I played football and he knew that, you know, I was I was good. And he was like, and he was one of the football dudes, like not not Zimmerman, not not I, I love Zimmerman, not him. Yeah, everybody uh, loves Zimmerman. <laughs> I can't I can't remember dude, but he was but he was like, yeah. So he was like, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna fail you because I kept passing all his tests. I kept getting 110, 100 like, cause he would get the uh, the whole test and get, you know, uh, the bonus questions. So I think we had to play Monmouth or Central Connecticut or somebody where we had to travel and we had a test Friday. 
And so I'm like, I got a test. I got to travel, so I need to retake the test. He was like, nah, you failing this one. I'm like, oh, that's fucked. I'm like, yeah, that's fucked up. That's how you gonna fail me? Like you can't. You can't. But he, but he was, but he was dropping everybody's lowest score. And he right. anyway throughout the semester. And he told me he was like, I had to do that because you, I can't have, I can't have you ace all my tests. I'm sitting there laughing because he was cool. But I'm sitting there like that's fucking. I'm gonna mess up this curve. That's right. I wanted to mess up this curve. I wanted to take the test. I'm like, let me take. But you know what was happening in the class is like I would we would get the test. You know them classes would be like on Tuesday, Thursday, like an hour and fifteen minutes, and on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like forty five minutes. Yep. We get the test, and you know this is college, so we ain't gotta stay here. So now when I'm done with the test, I get up and leave. So now we get a test. It's ten minutes. I'm I'm getting up and walking out the class. So these people looking at me, the other students like, oh. Oh, he played football. Oh, he he like he did it, did it. So then when the test come back, oh yeah, the top two scores, me and Holly, every single time. I'm like, oh, the uh, only two people that got perfect scores was me and Holly. I'm like, and they looking at me like, you cheating? I'm like, why the fuck I gotta be cheating just because I'm getting <laughs> the perfect score? Even though it's only taking me ten minutes. So, but like that's like, but it was the same. It's been like that the whole time. Like I just like I don't know. I've always I thought it was I thought numbers was easy today. So. Good. Hold on. I'm glad you said that. Hold on a second. This is where we're going to pick off of what you said last time we spoke about this. You said, again, as an educator, I'm fascinated by this because, again, it's really how our minds work. There are those of us who tend to be more left brain versus right brain, qualitative versus quantitative. Again, I'm, I'm generalizing, of course, but you said that when it came to numbers, it don't change. These are the rules. And so, yeah, so, so with your mind, your quantitative mind, how how do, how do you see numbers? Like, and, and, and how, because Freddie P said the same thing. He's also a quantitative guy, so. I got to listen to his. Shout out Freddie P. What up, bro? Yeah. I ain't, I ain't talked to him in a minute. And yeah, I see you just posted. I got to listen to his. But, like, num oh, yeah, because Freddie got there early, too. Yeah, age like, 16. Yeah. yeah. But, like, numbers is like this, like, Okay, to me, it's no matter where you are in the universe, one plus one is going to always equal two. Whatever you call it, if you in China, you say, whatever, however they mention their numbers, if you in France, this plus this equals two of them, a double amount. And double, you know what I'm saying? So it never changes. Like that, that part of numbers never change. So there's no misconstrued two plus two is already going to equal four. There's nothing to miss. There's no adjustment to that. Like history, we, we've we been learning throughout history how wrong history is. So that's always adjusted. Science is always adjusted. We learn this shit, oh, that wasn't true. Scientific wasn't true. Numbers, like, it, 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 it never matters. It's like this and this is always going to equal this. Like I got two hands, but I got 10 fingers. So I'm not saying how many fingers? Or how many hands? So one, one, or five, five. Like, but it's it, it will never change. Where wherever I'm at in the universe, that aspect never changes. So to be able to memorize, because I, I think that's what I did. I was able to do when I was younger. Was able to memorize the patterns of how numbers work. And when I saw them, they would just easily come quick. And I just be like, okay, that that you know, it would just like come quick and natural. I don't know. So I think like it was just always easy like it's, it's funny because when I was younger to, to college I did math 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 
my last year in college, I know we're going to get back, but my last year in college, I took a African-American literature and experience course with Dr. Connie Ruzik, who's on Facebook. She followed me on Facebook. I say hi to her. She's my, my favorite teacher, favorite professor at Robert Morris. She, like that changed my whole aspect. Like the way I look at everything. Like I'm, I read so much now. Like I read, but I still no numbers because they have never changed. I still know how that shit works because it has never changed. Like no matter how far back we can go back to prehistoric days or whatever, the numbers never change. Like that, it, 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 it one plus one is always going to equal two. If you got one goat and two goats, or one goat, and he got one goat, y'all put them together, y'all got two goats. That's never going to change anything through the history of mankind. So, like, that's easy to, that's like patterns, memorizing patterns. That's what I did when I was younger. It's the same thing. So, I don't have to continue to focus on that. I can focus on other things to expand my mind. And, and, and but that, that class expanded my mind and, and had me on a whole different level now like you know the way i look at shit the way i look at the world so but yeah when it comes to math and when it comes to numbers it's just that's always what it's been it's, it's just always never been anything different like i the one thing i would learn i would like when you get older you learn a higher level of math like you go from basic math addition multiplication division fractions geometry trigonometry, calculus, pre-calculus, statistics and probability, inference, statistical inference. You know, like you just continue to grow, but once you learn this shit never changes. Like variations, mean, mean and variance, the average, if, if I got five over here, six over here, seven over here, the average of that is six. Like that's never gonna change. You know what I'm saying? That's never gonna change at all. So. Like me, Mary, that, even though I didn't learn that in elementary, I learned that, that in high school, the average of shit, that's still the same. Like, so when it comes to numbers, they like equations and formulas, they don't change. They, they like, unless they're, unless they're based in lies, they don't change. So, but like, but yeah, so I'm just like, it's, 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 that's how I am with the, with numbers. That's basically how I am with numbers. And, it's definitely oh, yeah that, that's you know, dope. Just, you, you just made me think of something man um that I, I i that really validates something um you say you you memorize the pattern of multiplications which ironically man i say by second grade third grade at the latest i had mastered everything between 12 town 12 right which is usually the requirement 144 yeah yeah and bro i was doing good and I'm gonna tell you, this is where my school system failed me, because, and I, it's right when I moved from Miami to Orlando, because I was classified as gifted from um, kindergarten, from pre-K to fourth grade. Once I moved to Orlando, Florida, everything changed for me, especially when it came my relationship with math. But you somehow found some kind said, of nourishment. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you found uh, some type of nourishment after multiplication tables to build on and and, and, it, and like I said you was the first you know, black dude I ever known to major in mathematics and you know what's crazy you know what I think it was I think it was it was more the challenge because I I, knew, I liked it I liked because I, I was I knew I was good at it but I liked it like I like like um you know learning something new and defeating it like 
after I learned it, like I conquered it. Like I don't have to go back and learn it again because I mean, you know, you refresh and shit. Because, but that's what you do when you when you continue to learn in math. You refresh what you just learned and add on to it. But like, I didn't have to go back and reconquer because it's it's something else. You know, you learn like like when you start learning about uh, square roots and, and and like imaginary numbers and shit like that. Like like just shit that abstract algebra, number theories, like like the equations and shit, like and how shit works, and then now implementing them into daily life like that that part of it is like you know I don't see other than counting money or you know you know what I'm saying like other than I don't see where understanding that is you know helps me every single day you know what I'm saying like like business accountants you know what I'm saying like you know just basic basic understanding of that is, is not really math like it's you know it's just putting the shit in the right place and making sure the number, you know, match up and meet up. So, and it's like, so I I, I don't like that. I think math is, that's why I said, I, I always have called math the universal language because all it is is a language. So like, like if, if, if the lights went out around the world and we went somewhere where people didn't speak our language and like me and him, oh, okay. I don't know what that means, but I know it's two of y'all, whatever, Two means to them. I know you mean. Oh, it's two people. It's just me and him. It's two. So we don't gotta say. We don't have to verbalize the word two for them to understand. It's me and Mo Baptiste right here. Well, you know what I'm saying? That we don't have to under. They they see that. They know what that means. But like, so that's that's what I mean. It's, it's just a universal language that's like, you know, my brother. I I want to I want to challenge you. You ready? Okay. Because of what you, the reading that you've been doing as it relates to and your love for black people, I'm going to challenge you to post a five minute video. Let's start off with a month straight. Five minute video of something related to a math and a black boy. Just math a and a what? And, and something that black. So I want you to think about the black boys that we know struggling with math and all over this country because it's, it's the, the statistics are crazy because, you know, so I'm just telling you to just think about it may be a formula. It may be starting off with something because you said there's some things that don't change because somehow, some way there's a gap between how math is being explained to black boys and how they making sense of it is because they're not we're not speaking that language enough. And so what I'm saying is, post something. It can be a five-minute video, create a YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? And just it could be just something really basic that, just a tip, you know, with a blackboard behind you, something to, to draw it, show it. Just just to, you just never know. Because I, I would promote the shit out of that. Is it, is it, okay, is it? I, would have I can to, show you how to. I can show you how to set all this up. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I but the, the the thing is like, it would be levels. Like I said, like you know, yeah. Like what level would be like would be, be beneficial to the people? You know what I'm saying? Like I like I wouldn't post like like algebra, you know, algebra trigonometry or you know, like I, I like. But here's the thing, bro. Maybe, you can have different channels, right? You that's the cool thing about the channels is you can have different editions. You could have a folder on YouTube, right? Adjust algebra. 
You can have calculus. You can have statistics. You can have different channels. You can have addition and start off as basic as you want. You see what I'm saying? You can literally have different where somebody can go on there and say, you know, let's say it's, it's math for black boys, black boys and math, something to that effect. You go on that channel, you can, you can have different uh, 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 playlists. Right. And then you have it based on based on a different level, whatever level you want. Literally, bro, you can you literally can help a kid from a kindergarten to PhD, dude. Literally, you could help because there's a whole lot of us. I'm telling you that are got working on PhDs that are doing qualitative research because we scared of the quantitative. And helping, how do you? They're scared of the quantitative. Yeah, bro. I'm trying to tell you, and, and, and you know, when it comes to the numbers and statistics and the quantity, they, they, they shy away from that because, because you know, because they just use it so it's easier to use the words. But I'm like, you know, mixed methods is what I'm trying to teach. And, and for me, it's funny after my relationship with math, my bounce back was the PhD level. Quantitative, for some reason, quantitative math, uh, research clicked for me. I got an A. The fact that I got an A in quantitative research, bro, absolute miracle. Absolute miracle. But for some reason, it clicked and made sense for me from a research perspective. Statistics and probability, from a theoretical standpoint, <laughs> that joint, bro. And I re- when I realized that I've been using statistics and probability all my life, when yeah, I think about the, the, the fights that I've avoided, or, or, you know, situations that I got myself out of using probability versus my ego. Man, weighing the odds. When you weigh the odds in a social situation, man, bruh. <laughs> you know, being intentional about that, again, I, I said, oh, man, I've been using statistics all my life. Right. Yeah, man. But that was just an idea. I'm just putting that out there. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I- that would be interesting because, like, it's been a, a couple people, you know, talk about podcasting and uh, doing podcasts and interviews and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Just think about how many black boys where you at at, at the crib that's struggling with math. Just, right. And, and most of them are the behavior problems, bro. And if it ain't the math, it's the reading. And unfortunately, a lot of them is both. But and you know, that math my, my, one, my, my mom is a teacher. She's an English teacher. There you my go. My mom is an English teacher at uh, Bookville High School or Bookville Junior mm-hmm. High School. Okay. So yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, moving right along, though. Uh, uh, your, 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 um, we talked about. You know, academically, you and math was always. You know, how, how did you do it? How was your writing though? You say your your handwriting was terrible, but how was man, you as far as the creative side and writing? You mean creative, creatively writing? Yeah. I mean, I was. It was. It was like I actually uh, <laughs> when I got to college, I wrote something. I wrote a couple things in college. That's when I started opening up my more my creative writing side and like uh like because like in the high school or in in 
junior high, junior, my junior high, my elementary, junior high, that was not a lot of real school. Like that wasn't really school. That was more like with my friends. So when I got to high school, it was more like about school. So like junior high and elementary was just easy because I had a lot of friends. We did a lot of shit. And it was like that part of it, we like went around, we a rap like creatively, like, you know, say stuff, but it wasn't that about right. When I got to high school, I was more upset at the school I was at because it was an all-white school. I wasn't really used to that because I had wasn't allowed to go to public school my library year. So but I, I so I ended up going to this school and I was good at football. And, you know, it grew on me. It actually helped me learn to understand people as who they were. So that part of, like, the creativity was it just like opened my mind but when i got to college i remember we had a communications course communications one two three four five so remember we had to take that in oh yeah yep. so we had to take them communications course and one of the courses and like the whole the whole semester i struggled right because he had we had to write about certain topics certain topics certain topics so the last course we wrote about we he said we could write about whatever we want so i just wrote about growing up and accurate and how being black perceived like perception of it growing up and like how people perceive it and how, how what's going on and like drug dealers and like you know violent like I, I just wrote about that shit and that was my best grade and it wasn't because of the topic it was because of how I was able to my creative like when I wasn't pigeonholing and telling okay talk about this I'm like okay I don't really want to but I will but then when it's like, okay, talk about whatever, but give me something that you want to talk about. Okay, I, I give you something. I know I'm sitting there looking around for real, and I'm, I know ain't nobody talking about this. I know ain't nobody writing about this. Like, and I really wasn't thinking that. I'm just sitting there thinking like, you know, because it's a lot of shit going on back home that I know is going on. Like when I go home for the summer, it's people getting, it, it's the drug game in my neighborhood is getting like, it just took off. It took off right when I left. And it was like, like when I was there, it was it was it was it was bad. But then when like the year I left, it was like crazy. And then when I went home, I saw it change. Like this is this is nuts. So it was a lot of stuff going home. So I started writing about that, and they were like, you know, that was my best, you know, best topic. So then I remember, I don't, I can't remember what year I was, but I wrote. Uh, it was for Martin Luther King Day, and I wrote this uh, Martin Luther King Day speech called "His Dream Is in Me." I don't remember the speech, and I was I didn't want to I didn't want to read it. We had to read it in front of they had to they wanted me to read it in front of this Martin Luther King King Day event at the Sewer Center. So I didn't read it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not getting up there and reading it because my teacher was like, "This is amazing." I'm like, I think they I think it might have got published. I think it might have got put in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette on my on as one of the. I think you know how they had, had like list of students that did shit. I think it might have did that. I'm not sure. I know they were talking about it. I can't remember. But Simone McMillian, who was a cheerleader at Robert Morris, she read it. She, but I told her, I said, don't tell them who it's from until after you read it. She get up there and say, yeah, I want to, I'm reading this poem. <laughs> it's from Murray Poole. I'm sitting there like, oh, <laughs> hell no. So I got all these people staring at me while she reading the poem. So I, they looking at me like, like, why didn't you get up there? I'm like, man, this is even worse. Now y'all all here staring at me watching my poem. They, they stood up and they gave me a, they gave the poem a standing ovation. And they were like, you know, 
I, I wish I still had, cause you know, back then we had the little floppy disk mm-hmm. that we had to push it on, that same shit. I don't remember, you know, that shit was so long ago. So I don't, I don't know what I did with that shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that, like, the, as far as the creative side, like, for me, it was, it's, it's more when I'm not, you know, pigeonholing, you know, thinking about, okay, yeah, this topic and this topic. Okay, let me. When I'm when I like the way I do research, I'll be I sit up there like I'm listening to uh, the game CD or game song, and he like he said something about yeah I would have told Tupac about the Rampart scam. I don't know what the fuck that mean. So guess what? Now I'm digging Rampart. Oh shit! Oh these niggas, they, these motherfucking cops was. Oh this go back all the way to the to the Biggie killer. There's a whole bunch of shit. Like I'm like god damn. So I didn't know about it, but that, but it it piqued my interest. So now. I'm, learn all about the shit so like, like like the creative part is like when i'm not pigeonholed when i'm not you know i'm just free to be able to do what i want to do it's just like i can it'll come out like it it, it definitely will come out okay. so yeah yeah so, but i haven't so written that- anything i haven't written anything in a, in a while i haven't written like no i i've been told i, I need to uh write some shit down but Hey man, I'm 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 always about and encouraging anything create creative man. I think all we're all creative. It's just a matter of us finding our outlet, man. So I, right. I highly recommend you do so. But yeah, man, let, let's get to ninth grade. So we know you couldn't play uh, little league because you you you're too big, couldn't make weight. So you get the ninth grade, you get play football. What what was that like? Uh, your introduction to football. Well, it was funny because um, my ninth grade year. We get there and we got this coach, my favorite coach, or my favorite coach in high school, Mo, Mo Tempton. He he died, rest in peace. He uh he knew about me. Actually, when I got there, it was another coach, Coach uh, Mike uh, Schmidt. He was the coach there when I got there, but then he either got fired or I don't know what happened. But then when I, by the time football season came around, Mo Tempton was there. But like now, this school was like a private Catholic school. It was 1992, 93, something like that. And like, so I come from a school where they just put police in our school my eighth grade year because we had this big, huge fight. The seventh grade year, Antoine Winfield went to my school in junior high school. He go, you know, like we had, like, we cool. Like I know Antoine, like, like, it was my, going from that, that environment to Hoban was completely different. Cause now it's all these white people and it, it actually let me understand and look at people differently. Because before then, like, the way I looked at people was like, we always had trouble with cops and teachers. They was always white. You know, and the black teachers was cool with us because they understood us. Like, we oh, the few of them there were, like two or three of them, the gym teacher and, you know, a couple other teachers, but they was cool. But then we always had it. So I never really, you know, I had, I did have white friends in, in elementary, but they were not like, like, who I hung out with. Like, I, after you leave school, you walk home from the same way that everybody else. So when I get to ninth grade, now I'm in a school where it's all, I'm like the only black person. Like, not not the only black person, but you know, it's about 93, 94% white. So, and most of the people, most of the black people there play sports. So I get there and, um, I get to we we get to running forty yard dashes, and uh, Mo Tempton is like, okay, freshman up, you know, freshman up. 
So I get there. I'm like, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't really, I know where the 40 is, but I don't know where the 40 is. So I, you know, running here to here. So it's a line of us, you know, linemen or whatever, full, fullback. I think they had me at fullback first. And um, I ran it and I smoked a whole bunch of people. And uh, I remember Mo Tipton, he was real big. He was in a uh, golf cart. He ran a 4-7. He ran a 4 He was like coming down. I didn't know what that, all that, I didn't really know what that meant. So uh, I don't know what I ran, but they was all hyped because I was fast. And I was like, oh, I, I know where that came from, you know, going up and, you know, you know, being out in the streets and shit. So like my freshman year, our freshman team was good as fuck. Like Hoban, my year, the years I went there, we were not that good. Like uh every year we played, we weren't good. But my freshman team, we were very good. Like we were so good, like the, my uh I was, my first incident at Hoban was like a, I got into a fight because we were the freshman team had to scrimmage the JV team for, for practice, and we was beating them 49 to nothing. The JV team, juniors and sophomores, and against all freshmen. We beat them 49 to nothing because it's a lot of black, it's a, it's a lot of black people on the team. This is all white school, right? you know, whatever. So we whooping them. So my tailback, Brandon Bradshaw, he he killing them because he fast. And said one of the uh, one of their players tried to rip his helmet off. And Brandon already had a collarbone injury from Pee Wee football. So when the when the the, the varsity comes to the locker room, they gotta walk through the freshman locker room to get to ours. So we already set it up. Like I'm already still in my, you know, hood mode. I'm like, yeah, as soon as this nigga come in, it's it's on. And this came in, dude came in, Brandon got up and started talking to him. I mean, we just it's three of us, you know, we all went to Good Rich, we all went to the front of the east side, we just jumped in, you know, did our little thing. When nobody everybody was scared because we were, you know, but our freshman team was so good. We went seven and one, right? Or yeah, seven and one, I think. So then me, Brandon, Deshaun, we all played varsity football, but we like played sparingly or whatever. And uh, we all got time, but my sophomore year, we played and we all started. And the freshman team behind us was real, real good. So that's when we were like, you know, James Harrison that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yep. He was on the freshman team that was on my behind us. I got it's a funny story. I don't, I'm not gonna tell the, the reason he didn't he didn't finish at Hoban. <laughs> he, yeah, don't share, don't share, don't share. Yeah, he, he, he went there for one year. So, but but shout out to Jay. That, that's my dude. But yeah. uh, punk ahead. That that dude. He's funny. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So they they team was good. Our team was good. And. You know, they was excited about our prospects and, you know, being whatever. But the problem was, so this is our sophomore year. Our sophomore year, we was we was shitty because the seniors or the upper leadership, they was mad because Brandon was a tailback. He was a sophomore tailback. I was starting at defensive, at nose tackle, at offensive guard. I was like, Deshaun was at wide receiver. Like, it was, we was starting everywhere. And we were sophomores and they was mad. I'm like, nigga, y'all sorry. Y'all need help. You know what I'm saying? And so... They mad, so we shitty. But the problem was, my junior year, the coach, Mo Tipton, that I like, he either got fired for fucking with too many of us, or I don't know why, but he went to cover another school and he tried to get us to come there. I'm begging my mom to let me go. Begging her. And to this day, I'm still upset that she didn't. Because James Harrison, that's where he went to school. He ended up going to Coventry. Like, 
like they everybody followed Mo. We ended up staying there with the other coach. Mm-hmm. And that year it was just it was like we was good, but he it, it, it just we didn't end it up good. Like junior year, we was shitty. Like my like it was I had a good story about my junior year. We played Bookham, which was uh a, the school my mom teached at on the west side. It's like 95% black, 98% black actually when, when, when we played them. So I know a lot of them from the west side. I know a lot of them. My cousin go over there, so I'm talking mess. You know, I know we were gonna lose because the because the boys I play with scared. They 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 like they was telling us they were scared. <laughs> but I, I mean, they I can't lie. They was you know they yeah, like I know, oh, I know. There's, too, there's too many of them. I'm like it's 11 on 11, bro. What the hell are you talking about? It's too many. What you mean? So like, but I'm talking mess. They ended up beating my junior year. They ended up beating us uh 34 to 12. But in a paper, they had all the shit that Booker did. And it said the lone bright spot with the player Junior Nose tackle Murray Poole. I had like 13 tackles, two sacks. I was killing them niggas. But I was balling. I was balling. And so then my senior year come, and this is where like me and the head coach kind of fell out. So my first two, my first, my my first um scrimmage, they like we gonna move you from the nose because. You know, everybody doubling and triple teaming you because you've been, you know, killing everybody. So we're going to move you to the end. So I didn't really know how to play in and the 3-4. So I'm like, all right, so I'm rushing the passer on turf. And after you turf, I pop my ankle out. This is in the first scrimmage. In a, uh, I mean, this was after actually practice. After practice, this is in the first scrimmage on turf. I pop my ankle. In the first practice, I pop my other ankle. But I had wrapped that one up and was putting all the weight on the other one. And so then that's how that one popped. So my first game of the year... I had zero tackles, but my two middle linebackers, one of them had 22 and one of them had 20 because they triple teamed me not knowing that I couldn't move. I was just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And they, they was cleaning shit up. And so we won and know. Then we come back to it. Now, this is an ankle injury, so I'm good. It's second game of the year. I'm good. We play at Akron North. They shitty. They line is shitty. First quarter, nigga, I got seven tackles and two sacks. Killing Dog, second quarter come, I seen this shit on the. I didn't know what happened. But I seen this shit. The the center, I hit the center. And as soon as I hit the center, the guard went straight at my knee. Bam! And I just crumpled over. I'm sitting there like, what? The? I tried to get up because I, I was pissed because I'm like, get off of me because I know people was on me. So I get off me, get off me. And so I tore my MCL. I ain't tearing it like strained my MCL. So I then so the doctor had didn't clear me. So the next game was booked. Bookton was the number one team in the state. We was like number five. And it was all hype because we were so, we was undefeated. Bookton, it was our senior class, the, the freshmen that were seniors now. So we was undefeated. They, you know, it was crazy. Like the whole week, they, they didn't know if I was going to play. Friday, Friday come, and um, the uh, the school announced, you know, yeah, we going to, they on the PA. Yeah, we getting ready for book for tonight. And Murray Poole is playing. And I heard, I was in the library. I heard the students like yelling, like you know. Yeah. And then the band started going through the. I think the band was already gonna do that, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know, you know. But I knew, so I had a brace on. So I'm out there warming up, like the, the brace on my my the players on my team is inside. Book though, all book goes on the field, and I'm looking. At, I got my headphones on. I'm talking shit. Like, I, cause it's me, just and I, I, cause I know, I know, I know it's football. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. It right, ain't, right. It's like it's football. So I'm like, yeah, niggas. Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna eat y'all. It's like, I, it, talking shit. First play of the game, bro. 
First play. I love my nigga Brandy. First play of the game. This kickoff. Come down. He get the ball. This dude, Brian Bozeman from Brooklyn, <clears throat> take his head off. I'm talking about the whole crowd. Ooh, go crazy. So Brandon actually come over to me on the sideline, bro. He said, bro, I thought he took my head off. That's why I said that, because he told that to me. And the whole crowd go crazy. Bro, we lost 21-14. Halftime come. I got my my people in the crowd like, Murray, what's good? I ain't you playing? Get in their ear. My niggas there, get in their ear. Nigga, get on the field, get on the field. I'm telling my coach, like, yeah, you can get in the field in the second half. I never get in the game, dog. I never get in the fucking game. I was clear to play and everything. So look, booked are walking across the field, they handshaking. I'm sitting on my sideline. I'm not, I'm not going over the field. I'm not going to shake hands because I'm pissed. I'm mad. They coming across the field. So they all coming to me like, bro, it's cool. Like we, you know, cause they're my people. We, they, it's a game. So I start, you know, the tears, the mad tears start streaming. I'm just pissed. Like, what the fuck? Why the fuck did I get in this game? Like I was clear. I was clear. Like, so I, I ended up like my coach was like, Murray, come over here. Cause they huddling up cause we lost. I, I lost it through my helmet. Fuck y'all. You know, I'm losing in front of the whole crowd. I'm pissed. This nigga gonna tell me we get in the locker room or whatever, the next day, whatever. He gonna tell me after Brandon got hit on the opening kickoff, he felt like they was hitting too far. Now I said, nigga, I play on a fucking line. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I play on the line, dog. <laughs> I'm hitting, I'm hitting hard. Like, like, like it was scouts there. It was like Penn State, cause Carl Smith ended up going to Penn, the Brett, Miami. It was a whole bunch of motherfucking people there cause that game was big. And so I'm like, you ain't let me play. Like I'm pissed, and it's funny. The next game I played was against St. Joe's with Jamon, Jamon Riff, and I and we were just talking about that. Shout on out to Jamon Riff. Shout out my he, he scored three touchdowns on us, but I had to hit it again. He he got a reverse, and he tried to cut it up the middle, and jump over. It was a lineman laying there, and he tried to jump over. I caught that nigga in the air and planted him. Like he, he <laughs> and the whole crowd went nuts. Right. So after the game, we stepped up. He like good hit. I didn't know who it was. When I got to Robert Morris my sophomore year, he came up to me, he like, yeah, you Murray Poole? I'm like, yeah, he like, yeah, I'm Jermaine. I'm playing for St. Joe. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you like, I still didn't know. He was like, yeah, I'm the one that you hit. I'm like, oh, for real? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what's up. I'm like, but he balled, though. He killed, he balled. But like, yeah, my um, my my senior year, my junior and senior year, we had potential to be real good. And like, the coach was, the, the, the coach those two years was not, uh, 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 he didn't. He didn't actually like. I actually got a story from one of my friends that went to Bookdo that he told other coaches that we weren't good enough to play Division One book football. Me, Brandon, Deshaun, Jason Williams, Curtis Williams, all of us that went like played and and succeeded in D One football. He was telling them we. I, I still. He still never sent a tape out for. Me. So that's how I ended up with Bobby Pritchard, who was a friend of my family's. So like even without him, like like people was like not coming to, like I would get letters a whole bunch of letters I'm filling them out sending them out but then they not coming back because of my coach you know what I'm saying so and that's why I said when I got to Robert Morris I didn't know Dave Harper Dave Harper all my shit when I got to Robert Morris was through a family friend I got a tape through the family friend and I gave it to a family friend my coach didn't do shit for me so like and and like it, there, there's 
and he know it. Man, he, I, I don't give a fuck. I don't, you know, I ain't gonna say his name because I don't. Hey, I don't you speak, yeah, yeah. Enough. Don't say a name, but you speak I your truth, brother. Enough. Like fuck him, yeah, I don't speak, care. But speak like, your truth. Speak your truth. But like he, but he know, he know, and everybody else know. So like they all, everybody know. So, but it is what it is. But like I said, I ended up at Robert Morris, which was, you know, that was that was still a blessing because I ended up, you know, being able to play football for you started started four years. And, uh, I made the all time team. The um, the uh, initial all time team list. So you know it was a, it was a, a blessing to be able to be even able to do that. So, but yeah, yeah man. my high school years, the football was like my my rivalry was against the city schools that I played against. It wasn't against like Washington Saint. We didn't play Saint Vian football because I guess they used to fight back in the day. But my rivalry wasn't really against him. It was, it was against like, 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 you know, teams that were good. Like Bookton went to the state. They lost in the state championship that year. And they lost to some faulty calls. And like, we went to the game. They lost to some, you know, you know how that go. Referee calls, both, you know, whatever. But like Bookton was real good. Like, and uh, so I and actually- Bookton was a private school? No, Bookton was a public school. Bookton gotcha, was a gotcha. public school and uh, like that's where LeBron would have went if he went and went to say that's where they wanted to go. Booker, like Booker is a black is the blackest school in Akron. It's like ninety. It's like the hoods. It's like it ain't the hood school. Oh, well, it is a hood school, but it's just because all these black people live on that side of town. Right. And, uh, so, but like, like yeah, it's, I, I actually, I actually had a story with my junior year. So after my junior year, there's a you know. I'm in the study hall and one of my teammates, he's upset. He saw his girlfriend kissing another, another guy. And so I'm like, you know, like, you know, what's going on? What's mad? What's wrong? And he says, uh, shut the F up and cut your fucking hair or some shit. This ain't the fucking ghetto. Cause I had this big ass Afro. I said, what? I'm like, I slid a little book across the thing. I'm like, you better shut up, you know, chill. And so he slid it back and I just snapped and I lost it. And long story short, I whooped it. I like, like pretty much like lost it, lost it. Like to the point I saw red, like it was bad. So my mom, we had a, this is my second fight. Cause I told you about the first one with in the football, with the football shit. And we had to go in front of the board twice. And at Hoban, if you, if you do that once you get kicked out. Like, you know, if you do that one time you get kicked out, this is my second time. So I already know I'm done. So I'm already going to book. Cause they already want me. They they like the coach. They already want me. All everybody over there want me to come over there. The right. Players want me to come over there. Like, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, I'm going. So we we go to the uh, little board meeting. My mom sitting up there. She don't care. She like my son come home telling me all this stuff going on with these you know racial comments. Teacher asking him certain questions. You know it, it was a lot of shit going on that I let you know bubble up, which I shouldn't have let bubble up. So, and then it boiled over and I took it out on the dude, which was, you know, it was a bad, it, it was bad because I actually apologized to his brother and his mom because I was like, cause we, we was the same grade, played football the same. So we was cool, but like, it just, I snapped and I lost it. But I was just expecting to leave and I was going to book those. So they, they suspended me. They were telling me, oh yeah, uh, uh, we gonna tell you what the outcome is. So I ended up going to book those for a visit. The next day, because my cousin went there, and Booker was a public school, so they really lax on who the fuck could come in there. First, right. first class home ec, they made these big ass breakfasts. All and I'm loving it already. 
the 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 um the junior class, the class I'm in, they got a, a party on the second floor gym. They having a party, an all day party. For, I don't know why, but they having a party. Everybody <laughs> else is in school, then. so I got my my friend. I'm going up to the party. Like I'm in book. It's like a recruitment visit. I'm in book. I go see the uh, coach. I go down there with my dude Carl Smith. The when I went to Penn State, he got a scholarship to Penn State. He the one that told me about what the Penn State coaches was telling me what my coach was saying. And he he like I'm with him going to see the coach. He like coach like oh that's that fool. Oh yeah, he on the he in the bathroom. He like show him around. You know. Da, 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 da. I'm enjoying loving it. I'm like, yeah, it's it's all oh, we about to get. Man, these my these. I go back to home and they give me two Saturday attentions. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. I'm pissed because because I knew the coach was a shitty coach. I knew Booker was good and they wanted me. Like they 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 like yeah, nigga. We know we nigga. This is the place. I'm like yeah, like let's go. I go back. I'm like fuck it. Let's do then that whole scenario with my knee. The coach. And all that shit happened, and then he he. And then the funny thing is, that a week after football season ended, a week after, they came to me and told me, "If you get one more detention, we kick you out of this school." I'm like, really? So after football is over, now if I get a detention, y'all gonna kick me out? Okay, so I ended up getting a detention, and everybody kicked me out. They was excited, and then uh, my mom came up there. We you know, kind of end up breaking down because I'm like, well, shit, now I want to graduate with this diploma because this is a, a high-class school. Now you want to kick me out? Fuck that. I'm going to use y'all just like y'all use me. So I want to have this little diploma, whatever. And so I want to shout out my principal, Marianne Bidey, because she was the only one that was really like, not not the only one, but in that, the principal, it was teachers I was cool with. But Marianne Bidey, she was like, all the other, those type of staff was, they couldn't wait to get me out. Marianne Bidey was like, you know, Murray, we go. Let's just let's just make it through the end of the year. Let's just graduate. Let's just no no more. You know, blah blah blah. I'm like, you know, and I ended up graduating, and so that's why like like my high school, like I, I like some of the students that I, I still I communicate with them on Facebook, and uh, you know they're cool and like like my high school years was kind of like it was more with like a lot of different type of racial things. Like I'm, I'm in class and I'm in a, a, a religious class and a dean of students was like, the, the, the question was, can people be born gay? And at the time I was sitting there thinking like, I, I said, you know, he asked her, but I said, no, I don't think so. So the first words come out of his mouth was, you think you would, uh, well, you, you think you, you could have been born black or you could have chosen, oh, you could have chosen to be born black. I was like, no, but if I would have had a choice, I would have chosen to be born black. That shit pissed me off. Like, why the fuck did that come out your mouth? When you having a question, you ask me a question about your class, nigga, I answer your shit. You go come at me with some racial shit. This is a teacher. This is a dean of students. So it ain't like, it's just, the students was on some bullshit too. Some of the students was on some little sneaky little shit. But like, this is a lot of shit. So it, it was like that, like, but it also, I don't want to down make it seem like it was all bad. Cause I, I met a lot of people that I fuck with to, to this day. Like Christmas, it's, it's a, Christmas Federies, there's a lot of people that I fuck with to this day that I met from that school that, you know, like I really care about. Them is my people. So, and it, and it helped me because growing up in Akron, on the east side, you, like I said, you grew up knowing the, the white people that you know is cops and teachers. And you, that's all you know. But then you meet people and say, oh, everybody ain't racist. Everybody don't look at you like you a nigger. 
everybody don't look at you like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, some people just, you know, they are who they are. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that is my, from from, from Hoban, my high school, that's what I, like, took from it. Because the football, our coach was not not good. And uh, that led us to not being a good a good team. Like I remember, I remember um, my dude Justin Wimberly. He was uh, a football player on that team, and he was like, after I won Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Newcomer of the Year in the ECAC in the conference or the NEC. Um, I think it was the ECAC. I think it was the. I can't remember. It was both of them. I can't remember. But it was Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he told my coach, and my he showed the coach the write up, and my coach was like, "Oh, really?" Like he was like he was he told me this. He told me he was mad. So I just like you know, you know how that like, you know what I'm saying like how that that shit was. So, but yeah, that that's that's my you know what I took from my education was was it benefited me going to that school really benefited. Me. The experience of knowing people benefited me. Yeah, everything about that school, like in hindsight, at the time I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't want to go there because I was a you know young nigga from the hood. I wanted to be. I, I come home, all my niggas talk about all the parties, all the you know they kicking it, they doing this, they you know they you know what I'm saying I'm I'm at. I gotta wear. I can't wear jeans. I can't have a beard, nigga. They they we had to shave. They used to cut uh to call me to the office, hit me with a razor all the time because my beard. Used to grow since I was like twelve, so they used to call me all the way to the. I be having razor, but I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not using all razor because that shit ain't for me. That shit give me right. bumps and shit. But I mean, that's the school I went to. So I mean, and and I wouldn't say it taught me discipline, but it, it would, it really didn't because of all the vitriol that came at me from that direction. It wasn't discipline. It was more like, like, like. You know, okay, fuck you. That's how you feel about me. Okay, fuck you too. Like, okay, I'm a, I'm okay. Whatever, fuck you. Bye. Like, I get what I get, and I'm gone. So, but, but no, I mean, so that that was like basically like my high school, and um, that's yeah. why it was funny when I ended up going to Robert Morris. I remember, uh, right before our freshman practice, the first practice, I remember I went up on a hill, and I did hundred yard sprints. I did like I only I think I did like a hundred or twenty of them because I was out of I was out of shape because like I, I'm coming off that injury I I didn't know where I was going I ended up coming here I was in the I was kicking with my niggas drinking smoking whatever I wasn't really you know I'm like damn this shit gonna be you know this I'm you know I'm in college now you know I gotta get in shape so I went up there did hundred yard sprint so we go through the first three days of camp whatever with nobody there so you know. You know, because you come from Miami, that wasn't that hard. The shit wasn't right. hard. So then, the senior, you know, the upperclassmen get there, we start the week camp. So, I'm sitting there thinking, damn, man, these, these two days, these, I mean, this shit go rough. But this is Coach Wharton and Coach Rad running this shit like a professional program. Like, nigga, you supposed to come in ready. So, okay, boom. Shit wasn't that hard. So, the first week of camp go by, <clears throat> And we had a scrimmage on a Saturday. And I remember, like, I made this play. It was a trap. And uh, I took on the guard. I took on Ty, Ty Ali. And I can't remember the running back, but I took on both of them, and I hit the running back in the backfield. And we was in we was in the, um, the um, 
after the, after the uh, we were watching the, we were watching films. Uh huh. Afterwards, and, and Rad was like, "Cause I was number 60. And he while he looked at that play, he was like, "Who is this? Who is, who is number 60? I said, "Me." <laughs> I'm in the back behind you. I said, "Me." He said, "Who the hell is me?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, Murray Poole. He said, okay, good play, Poole. That's all he said. So then the next day, or the next, uh, I think it was Monday, we start practice again. We do we do our stretches, go around the horn, do stretches. And we do pursuit drill. We do pursuit drill, our defense here, offense here, whatever. They're like, first team up. And they're like, I forget who said it, but somebody like, Murray, you get in there for uh, past stage. And um, I was like, oh, okay. So I, I go in there and like now I'm looking at like I, I know about the team. I know that they, you know, they were successful before and they was good. And I was behind a lot of people. I was behind a lot of upper class. And like in, in like that first week, they put me in there and I'm like, I'm looking around like, okay, that you know, I see Nate List. My man Nate List, you know, I see Freddie Benelak, like like CC next to me. You know, Jason Spencer, like like DG, Darnell Garner, like it like, you know, everybody out there. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this, you know, I'm up here. So now we starting to play and I'm playing and I'm starting to end the, the, the weird thing is like when I came up there, I had a mentality of fuck everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, except for the freshmen, like I mean, we were cause I came in there because I know we was all freshmen. And it, it was it was funny, it was a story about CC where we were doing some freshman hazing, they were doing freshman hazing, and they was cutting the freshman's hair. But I started, and I was like, I'm like, no, y'all not cutting my hair, dog. Like, I don't care, I'm a freshman. I'm not like that, I'm not, y'all not doing that. Y'all not doing that to me, because I, I don't know if that rubbed them wrong, but I was just like, I looked at that shit, like, because I seen how they did a couple of players, like, you know, the, the crazy patches. Mm. I'm like, I'm not, y'all not cutting my hair, like, like, no, I start like I play, like you know what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, I took that as meaning something, like you know what I'm saying. So I'm like, y'all not cut my hair, and plus I didn't, I just didn't get into the like hazing, the hazing part of you know that part of it. So, but I didn't know if that you know rubbed everybody the wrong way. I don't know, but I was that's just how I felt because I was just up there like you know, fuck it. And so my first couple games, I bought, like my second game, I bought, like Butler, I think it was, Butler was the second game, our freshman year, we played Mercyhurst, I had a field goal Yeah, your freshman year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, yeah, our, yeah, my freshman year, well, our first year together, yeah. uh, I had a field goal block against Mercyhurst, I played pretty good that, that game, and uh, my Butler, I remember the Butler game, I don't know if it was the second, or the, it might have been the first home game, but I remember I was on the sideline, and I had a stomach, my stomach was hurting. I started throwing up right before, right, right before they kicked it, uh, we kicked it off to them, because we defense first. Right before they kicked it off, me, Big Meat, Otis Felder, he was like, you want me to go in? I'm sitting there throwing up in the track hand. I'm like, hell no, I can't get, I can't give it up like that. You go in there and start balling, they ain't giving it back. I'm like, I can't <laughs> give it up like that. I can't, I'm throwing up, but you know what that is crazy, because when I threw up, I went out there light as fuck. Like I felt light, man, I was, eating Butler alive, dog. Like, I'm, I'm pushing, like, CC got a sack because I pushed the guard in front of me into, like, the, he was trying to uh, do a, uh, I think he was trying to do a uh, play action pass handoff. I pushed the guard into the running back, and he stumbled on the, 
the quarterback stumbled and CC grabbed the dude and said, I'm like, I'm, but that was like the first, I was so light. I'm like, God damn, I feel good. I need to throw up every game. Like, this shit, I had was light as fuck. So, right. but I think it was like the fifth or sixth game, right? So, this is when I started losing my edge, kind of, because like, um, I became more friendly because, you know, we a team. You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't like fuck everybody no more. It was like yeah, you know, we had jokes and laughs, and you know, like we'd be on. Um, <laughs> I, that's funny. We'd be on. We'd be doing offensive, defensive line drills, and Brian clearly would be cracking jokes. I will just leave it at that. I, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I so, so you know, so it's it's more a little camaraderie, you know, going on, and uh, so I get a little comfortable. So I I just started laxing. I started getting laughs. And I remember, I can't remember what game it was. I remember it was the sixth game of the year. Six or seven, or fifth or sixth game of the year. And I had the quarterback. We was in Connecticut. It was we was out. Mom if somewhere, I don't know. But I had the quarterback dead in the backfield. Nigga did one move, shook me, turned around, and I stopped. And I started walking. Like jogging. Like I didn't like he was still running. Like I could have ran and tried to catch him. I got lazy. I got comfortable. I wasn't in shape in the first place because I didn't come in shape. And then the way Rad them were in practice, we ran gassers after the practice. That shit wasn't shit. That was like sliding. <laughs> Riders, gassers, running yeah. across the field two or three times, come back, run across. I mean, even though I was tired, nigga, that, that wasn't like, you know, I went to Rhode Island to visit my dude. Them niggas ran, they had to run 10 hundreds, 86, 64, 40s time. And if you didn't get the time, you didn't make the team. Nigga, that, that's not what we did at Robert Morris. So I was doing this shit with them. Nigga, I'm, I ended up falling out on the floor for like, I'm on the track for like two hours. After one session, I'm sitting there laying there. But but yeah, so like I ended up, you know, losing my edge. And I remember Coach Warren was telling me, you know, like you used to be the first one around the horn. You know, when we used to come out to practice, you know, around the horn, you would be the first one around the horn in line ready to go. Cause I had, cause I was, I had that mechanic like, like fuck that, you know, like, I'm, I'm the only one up here from Akron. You know, like, my coach didn't want me to play football at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have been somewhere else. That's how I was thinking. I was thinking of all of this shit. Like, I could have been, because, you know, we had a lot of players that, like, like Archie, he was supposed to be in Virginia. Archie Wanamaker. Opio was supposed to be at Penn State. Like, Opio Gary. So, it was, like, a lot of different players that, you know, that we had that is, you know, whatever happened, they didn't go to where, you know, they, they, their talent award or whatever, however you want to put it. But so I, that mentality, I had that whole mentality, like, you know, this is some bullshit, whatever. So, but then I lost it. And then I did, I wasn't in shape in the first place. So now I, ha- I got to tell the story because it's part of my freshman year. So we playing, oh, we playing Monmouth. And Mark Bardino, shout out to Mark Bardino, he's starting. And I'm on the bench now. I'm coming off the bench. So Mark Bardino starting. No, 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 no. Meek was starting. Meet, meet was starting. And, and um, it was like, we was blowing about 40 something or whatever, you know, whatever. Coach Harper, he come over, it's like fourth quarter. My uncle came to see me, my mom, my brother, everybody up in the stand came to see me. Coach Harper come and say, Murray, get in the game. It's like five, four, 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 six, seven, whatever, four minutes left. I said, no, I ain't getting in the game. Cause it's, we play a mom if, if late in the season, it's cold anyway. So it's like, no, I'm like, no, I ain't getting in the game. Coach Harper loses on the side, like, fuck. Da, 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 da. So Mark Bardino goes in the game. Mark Bardino, he, uh, I forget the play, but he ended up 
get the ball, picking it up, returning for a fumble, scoring, right? So this is this is this one my this is one of my favorite rash stories because it's it's real. <laughs> so, uh, so we we in film session that Sunday or sat, Sunday, yeah, that Sunday we in film session. So we watch a film. I'm not paying attention to the film at all because I didn't play the goddamn game. I'm like, why am I why am I watching? I got to we got to listen what play was read and who did. I don't need this shit. I ain't play. I'm mad anyway. I ain't play. My lazy ass. I ain't play. So I'm like, you know, whatever. So then that Mark Bardino play come up and uh, <laughs> ran. So he said we he go through the play. Bardino pick up the ball, go and score. Ran like, oh yeah, let's look look at everybody cheering, everybody jumping, everybody's happy. And then he stopped the pause. He said. Well, where's Murray? Oh, he's on the sideline crying like a bitch. I said, what? I was like, that shot the hell out of me. I was just sitting there like, oh, oh, wow. 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 So so I'm a freshman playing football. And like oh, my, coach, my defensive coordinator, he, it came out of nowhere because I'm not paying attention. He talk about everybody. Yeah, he so yeah. This, this, and this, and this. Everybody happy. Everybody cheering. Baldino scored. And where's Murray at? Oh, he's right here on the sideline, crying like a bitch. I said, wow. So then after the uh, after the after the meeting, after the film session, he pulled me into his office. You know, we talked, and he told me, you know, this is a team game. Like he 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 talked to me and and showed me how wrong I was for my behavior like that. And so because that's when Coach Walton was telling me. Like you, you caused this. You didn't work. You you stopped working at. Like you, when you came here, your talent and your work was enough to get you, you know, to this. But you stopped. So it was my fault. So I'm like, and you know, I took that as like, you know, you you're right. You know what I'm saying? So my um my sophomore year come and then that was actually I ended up starting. You know, everything was good until I got sick. Like, uh, I got a, a real bad throat infection. And um, I played, I missed like three, four games, maybe two or three games. And uh, I missed like two or three games. And uh, like, I, I I actually wanted them to redshirt I wanted them to, you know, give me that year back. And I was kind of upset that they didn't. So that's when I was thinking about wanting to leave and uh, going to, uh, no, no, actually my first year was when I was trying to go back, go see what Texas was talking about. But John McAvick ended up getting fired and Mac Brown from North Carolina got hired then and that, that connection was gone. So like, so I ended up staying, but like, like, one of the things I had to say was I had to agree with Horse. I heard I listened to his podcast is that our junior year, my junior year, when we went four and six and won the conference and we lost them games, that was the most talented roster I ever seen on that on that uh for Robert Morris that I ever played on. Maybe except for my senior when we were undefeated, but that 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 team, like the difference, like you said that I was a um like a Kind of like a bridge between the the teams of the past and the teams of the present because I played on both. I started on both, and the teams of the past it was like with Nate List, Brad Dunn, Freddie Mendelak. I'm just talking about the defensive side, like you know O'Connell, like CC, Jason Spencer, Dante Payne, 
like you know uh wesley matthews uh i mean uh west anthony uh anthony west no uh who is it i can't remember west johnson west johnson um uh road john roadford sean trace so that team was intelligent that 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 defense was very smart we were like they had rad's defense so down like brian dunn and nate list was on the field they was like you know they was cold with it like i remember i used to try to i used to try to think of ways to help them out so when the line would come up when when they would break the huddle i would raise my arm to tell nate which side is the strong side or the open side because i'm because i'm like because one thing about football is when you know the system you can play with your mind for you can just play you can just go you ain't think about nothing and like I knew the I knew the system. I, I it, it was kind of easy. I don't know. I, I thought it was easy. I thought it was an easy system to learn. So I, I and plus I'm deep tackle, so it's not too much. Like I might have to cover the back out of the backfield. I got second back in a certain blitz when I'm looping out. That might be it. Or like my senior year, we ran double nail against a team where we being uh, the other deep tackle uh, had to drop back into you know in a uh, cover cover one right you know right behind us. Because they ran a lot of short crossing routes, so um, but the linebackers would blitz the a gaps so and we would just drop back. But like other than that, I, like it was easy to learn. So that that team, those teams that I played on when we won the ECAC bowls, we was just so smart. Like everybody on there was so intelligent. Like like just just like the way Brian Dunn and Nate List used to run that defense was cold. Like so, I mean. But like once that like like my junior year, the only the only holdover from my junior year, I think on the defense with John O'Connell, it was me and O'Connell. Uh Eric Hendershot started at D tackle with me. Um uh I can't I don't think it was any any other anybody else from the other teams. So the defense was pretty much completely brand new. Like Ed Nate was gone, like you know, OC was OC moved the middle. Well, OC played in the middle because he knew the he knew the system. So everybody else had to, you know, everybody else had to learn. We had Nick Nick down, uh Nick uh Nick Down started that corner when he came. Like so the uh I don't I can't remember who started at the free and uh I think Smoke started as uh strong my junior year. I think he I think he started took over at strong. I forget who was at free. My senior, maybe it might have been Hempstead, or I know him started my senior. Year, might uh, might not have been. Was it oh, Joe I know Ward? Darry, Darry was it Joe Ward? No, Derry Williams started that corner. Derry started that. Matter of fact, Derry started that corner. Chris Bean started that corner. Nick Dale, Nick Nick Down started at safety. He started at safety, and Smoke started in the, in the secondary. So we had we like everybody was new. Everybody was new except for me. Um. Uh, the defensive end was new too. I think I'm pretty sure that uh, Brad Kier was an end at the time, so he played a little bit at end. But like, so so that team was so talented, but we didn't have the everybody didn't know where to go and how to play and like where to be at in Rad's system. So we ended up going four and six, but we still ended up winning the conference that year. So my next year, like my uh, uh, senior year. Something happened on campus. Well, not on campus, but something happened back home and on, you know, on campus. I had to leave 
I took off. That's the, that, that was the year I first saw LeBron. And uh, so, so this is the uh, so this is the story, like you know, the the, the undefeated year. So I come back, and you coach, you coach the D line. So now you know I'm like, okay, my dude coaching. I, I, I already know I gotta work. I gotta get back into it. I gotta, you know, and I remember, I remember hearing Opio's prediction, right? And I remember Opio saying, yeah, we returned 11 out of 11 starters on offense. And he said, we turned 12 out of 11 starters on defense. So he included me in that because we returned 12 out of 11 because I didn't play the year before, but I was a starter. But he was like, he said, we returned 12 out of 11. So I'm like, I, you know, that was my dude. He included me in that. So I'm like, okay. So I remember, you know, I don't know if it was, I think it was uh, two days and I came to you. And I remember, well, before, before that, we did marriage drill. So I, you know, I'm back. Everybody like, oh yeah, you know, hurry back, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Who I'm gonna do whoever on marriage drill. So you guess who you know who smoke, who step up, smoke, smoke, step up, do marriage drill with me. This nigga killed me. I didn't touch him. One <laughs> didn't touch him. Now what I didn't get a pinky on him. And Mary, it was like what seven yards apart. I didn't get a pinky on him. Didn't touch him. The whole, you know, practice is going bad. And that's when I came to you at the practice. I don't even know if you remember, but I came to you after practice. I'm like, I don't think I got it no more. I think I, I think I, you know, it's it's gone. I was I was fucked up. I was sitting there thinking like, like, cause when I went home, I didn't do. I did the same bullshit. I did. I, I was one. I wasn't training. I wasn't doing shit. I was back in the hood. I was back in the, you know, had to make sure. You know, I was. It was shit going on. I was back home. So, like, you know, that type of shit. And then I like, but the thing. About, the thing about the senior year, which was amazing, is that I didn't start, but I started the very first game of the season. I started uh, most of the year because what happened was Brad Kirick, uh was having back problems. And Brad was, you know, Brad, one of the strongest people in, uh, you know, his brother Steve was on the um, – his brother Steve was in the, the you know, world's strongest man competition. Mm-hmm. You know, so Brad is, a, is a, he's a animal. He's a beast. He can he can live oh, everything. Yeah. Yep. So, so Brad was having back problems. So we about to play Buffalo State. So you know, I'm in for Brad because Brad's not playing. So I'm in there, and we we balling. We you know, you know, this is the first game. I don't know we about to go undefeated. I don't know you know, Opio said it. So we I know we got a good team. I know. The talent that we had our junior year has caught up to the intellect that we had my first two years there. So now you combine that talent with that intellect. And another thing was like we were able to flip flop defenses because when I came when I left, they told me when I left they switched to a three-four defense because we had a lot more linebackers, a lot more linebackers, good linebackers than we had good linebackers. We had good linemen, but there were like seven good linebackers and maybe three or four good linemen, whatever. So we switched to a three-four. So then when I come back, now they like, I remember Rad coming up to me like, "Yeah, can you play in the three-four? I'm like, "Yeah, I played that in high school. You know, I played nose, I played you know tackle, whatever, all that." So he's like, "Okay, well, you know, we go put you in there." So now we're able to go inside of a game and play multiple defenses. 
Like, so defensive, like, offensive teams is not able to see, know what we're doing. So we're able to, like, do defense, offense, a whole bunch of different shit. So my first game, Buffalo, we started balling. We get the interception. I had to play somebody out. Shit was crazy. Like, like, off the interception, you see me on the uh, on the film, it's the, the highlight film. You see me, I laid them out, I'm talking shit. Like, you know, it's everything. I remember the fourth quarter come. It's a close game. The fourth quarter come. And my feet is soaking wet because I was so drenched with sweat because I played the whole game. I'm so drenched with sweat. I'm so I'm out there going hard and I'm so tired. Like all the my suit, my my cleats is filled with water. So I remember our starting free safety. I was trying to cut my 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 tape off. Our starting free safety, Jason Hempstead, he came over there because they we they about to get the ball back. They wanted me back out there. He came over there, start he helping the trainers cut my shit off, like. Like, you know, you're trying to help so I can get back out there. So we go back out there, you know, we end up winning. And like the 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 whole the year that year was it was it was pretty incredible for real. Cause like like you know, cause you was coaching. And like the fact that I was able to, you know, come back and have an impact on that team and be, you know, have a significant impact on the line, you know what I'm saying? Like to 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 the point where we were able to do multiple fronts, multiple, multiple things. And and like that I remember our only game where we actually well, we had two games where we actually struggled defensively was Albany and Wagner. And Albany, I remember, <laughs> I remember they it was crazy because we was we was they kept scoring. I was like, what the fuck? Because but they was throwing on us. So I remember they scored one time and, and Nick and uh Nick Nick uh Nick Down and uh Jason Hempstead was arguing. Oh, know, I remember like, that. Oh, I remember that. Like I'm, I started, I was like, shut the fuck up, girl. I'm mad. I'm like, Let, let's talk about this shit on the side. I'm like, shut up, shut up. Like I'm trying like, you know, so cause we this and you remember if you remember Albany, New Albany was like later in the year. So we would have been whooping niggas, we would have been whooping their ass, everybody's ass. Yeah. So yeah. this is like, you know, like this is, you know, we're not used to this type of dilemma, this type of like shit on defense. So they sitting there like, you know, we going through it. We ended up winning that game. And uh, one of the linemen was actually going to the NFL. I played, played real good against him. We ball and uh, I wanted to, uh, on my, it was funny, I wanted to say this on the uh, way back. When I was coming back, I worked out with Hank Fraley, who ended up going to the NFL. You know, he uh, played for Philly. And because when I came back to get in shape for my senior year, he was getting in shape for, you know, the NFL draft. So we worked out in the gym a lot, me, him, and Horse, Big Horse. And uh, we used to, uh, and Brad here, we used to work out a lot in the gym. So, but that senior year, like, it was, it was, it was definitely one of the best years because talent wise offensively our quarterback Tim Lefchuk was dope like our system was dope it was like as far as every team I've played on like I play, and, and it was crazy because my high school teams were terrible so as soon as I get to Robert Morris I'm winning rings I'm winning in, like rookie of the year you know I'm winning all types of shit so I'm like it's, it's, it's like okay this is a whole different ball game so like we went in bowl games, ECAC bowl. We beat Duquesne. We beat Georgetown. You know what I'm saying? Like we win this shit. That my senior year, we going defeated. Like the, the year before, we went eight and two. 
but they went can't what eight straight or seven like eight in a row, something like that. So like this is like these type of like shit is like you know it's just it's it's a different atmosphere. But for that team with the talent they had, because everybody was so confident. I remember the Wagner game. We was down big against Wagner. And Jermon Riff, like, that's my dude. That's my dude. I remember we was down by, like, I'm not sure, maybe three touchdowns? I don't know. But Jermon was so fucking calm and confident. Like, man, we, we about to win. We about to come back and win. Like, I, like, 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 not saying it just to say it, just to, you know, no, we can win this game. Not the bullshit way. You know what I'm saying? Not the, come on, yeah, we can win. Well, he was like, nah, nah, that's cool. Nah, we gonna win. We gonna win, because he, he telling people, everybody, you know, like, man, just chill. We about to win. Like, we gonna come back and win. And we came back, and we won. And, like, you know, that game, the Dayton game, that 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 game was fun. That game yeah, right that's, there. That's the game that everybody brings up for the 2000 season. Like, when that game, everybody that game, knew. Yeah, when we that knew. Game, that yeah. it, this is gonna be special because we knew that, if we got yeah. past Dayton, it, it, it's undefeated. Yeah, because Dayton, we when we went to their house and we played them, we out there, we know they one day I think they was undefeated too. Yeah, they was undefeated. We was undefeated. I started right number we, number one against number two in the country. Yeah, we 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 man and we and we we balled, dog. Like we like they balled. You and this is the thing about that game. The reason I like that game, I think the reason everybody liked that game is because. We both ball, like everybody ball. Like yeah. the Wagner game, we had to come back because we was fucking up. The Dayton game, no teams was fucking up. Both teams, the number one and number two teams was playing and they wasn't fucking up. So the yeah. best of the best, and the only time that they really fucked up was when Joe Austin got that pick at the end of the game. That was yep. probably the lone fuck up that Dayton had that when Joe Austin got that, or that, that might not have been the fuck up because that was a hell of a play by Joe Austin. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it's not... So that game was like, it was like one of them amazing shits. Like, like I remember, like I had a couple plays in there where I was like, I got the pressure on him when he. I think when he threw the pick, I had no. I, y'all used to do my my, uh, my little pat the move where I used to kill him. I would be I would be eating them up, like hitting them, hitting them, and uh, I start like shooting the a gap, shooting one of the gaps. So then I'm starting to lean, like I'm telling. Him. I'm leaning. I'm leaning. As soon as they snap the ball, I step. They go that way. I just hit them. Come right back. I had a straight shot. Put my hand up. Turn around. I see. I think I see. That's why I think Joe picked the ball off. And you see me on the uh, highlight film. I'm pointing to their sideline talking shit. I'm on. Like, cause I knew that was it. When Joe picked the ball off, that was it. It, it was over after that. Uh, Opio had that return that he almost scored. That shit was like Dante Settles had that great catch. Like, you know, it was a, it was a, that game was a hell of a game, dog. Like, like that was that one where it was like, okay, we can, we, we, we the best at what we do on this level. Everybody on this level, ain't nobody better than us all across the country. So like, and then after that, you know, it was downhill from that. It was just, you know, it was easy slanting after that. Like not, you know, not disrespectful to nobody's team, but they was good. They was always good, but it was downhill and it was, and it was just, it was fun. It just, it was more fun because what Opio said at the beginning of the season started to become true. And you start seeing, and, and one of the things that's interesting is they, uh, man, get this phone to come off. But they, uh, one of the things that's interesting is they, 
the way they filmed it. I don't know if you, have you seen like the way they filmed it, like the way they filmed it and the way they put it into that highlight film, like chapter one, chapter two. Oh chapter, yeah. Like that was that I didn't I didn't like I know I'm I i do not know if they planned it like that, but the way they put it together, Rush Rush Petter, Bobby Joe, like they did a hell of a job. Cause like I saw that highlight film, I'm like, that was that was dope because you know that season, that season is like I think I don't want to call it the peak, but I, I felt like it was. It could because from what I understood, like individually, as players like Taiwan, the best uh running back or the best wide receiver, RMU history, James Noel, best linebacker RMU history, you know, these are people, you know, they had individual success. I don't know how the team worked, but I don't think anybody ever reached the level of success that we reached that two thousand year. That year we went undefeated. Yeah, so, man. I mean, yeah. All in all, both sides, all phases of the game. You know, I, as a person who's been a part of the two ECAC bowl teams, as well as the undefeated, uh, you know, um, 2000 team, I, I, I got to give them their props uh, overall as a team. Uh, that 2010 uh, defensive team is um, got to give them their props as well, because I think statistically speaking that 2010 team which is way after us um is is number one but um yeah uh uh man believe it or not bro that's two hours and uh i'm gonna tell you i let you do something that i i you know i ain't i i didn't guide this conversation intentionally because i'm letting everything happen organically and because mm. you trans transcend so many different levels from 96 to uh to 2001 yeah you know what i'm saying you got to see a very unique uh, uh, uh vantage point of robert moore's football so yeah uh, um so yeah we gonna we gonna end it there man but again this is the first one not the last one uh i appreciate you my brother uh, uh again just some highlights to the story I definitely appreciate you telling us about Akron and and, and the LeBron stories are gems because I literally <laughs> pictured myself watching everything you saw and, and picturing, yeah, that's a very unique vantage point that you have that you can hold on to. And uh, yeah. so I, I appreciate seeing that, but also letting us into your mathematical mind. I love our mathematical conversation and I, I do, again, I hope and encourage you to think about ways that you can share your gift of math and how to express it to some uh, young boys that need it. You know what I'm saying? So just, you know, however that come to you, it'll come to you, but you'll know the right way to do it when it come to you. But I highly yeah, recommend Yeah, I want to, I want to, I did want to, uh, I want to, like, we can talk about that, what you were talking about, because I'm like, I've had other people mention that to me before about doing something like that. Yeah, so, and I'm gonna tell you why this is cool because there's nothing that you gotta learn. It's literally everything you already know and sharing it. You know, share the language. How do you that kid, that black boy who they don't put in special ed because he's not getting it? You know what I'm saying? How can you explain it in a way coming from a black man that that they will understand? You know what I'm saying? And again, we don't right. know. We this is time to experiment. You know, uh, um, you, you may not say it in a way for everybody to understand, but for the right person to understand. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 
uh, yeah, and you're also going to sympathize with the upbringing of, of, of the children. That's another right. piece that's ex- extremely important, right. right? So, and you get the best of both worlds because you get to put the information out without actually being in the classroom, having uh-huh. to deal with the behavior problems right. and all that. My mom, my mom tell me all the time about about the, the no, she loves she loves the kid, but you know, you know, I ain't having to deal with the kid, all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. man, because all you doing providing content, and you just never know who 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 uh you'll help. So I'm telling yeah. you, e- easy to set up. I can show you how to do that. You know what I'm saying? But that's an easy that's an easy setup. So just something to consider. All right, well, my brother, appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, serving as a guest. Uh, uh, enjoy your time in my state. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm be down. I'm be down your uh, your hallway. Uh, I think I'm going. I, I'm going to Miami in May, uh, April, and probably March too. So okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, I'm be down your way. So I'm be hitting you up. Let, let me know. You know what's good. Where, where, where to go? Where to be? You yeah, man. I tell you what, you better off asking James and those guys because I, I yeah, am. I'm definitely, I definitely because when I went to Orlando for my fellow reunion, I, I definitely made sure I contacted Taiwan, and like I do want to mention like them, them was my boys. Like when, when they came up there, when you brought them boys up there, like when they when James couldn't play when he was a you know he, he had a neck problem. I think Taiwan, I think he was uh, red shirt and prop, and um, but. One of the things I used to like to do was work with the the people that wasn't, you know, on the field. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, okay, these boys can play. Because there was another guy from California named Deron Terry. I wish he would have stayed. There was another dude, Ron Cooksey. I wish they were. They were both from Cali, but they was good. But they, I'm like, if they go home, they're not gonna want to come back. So I'm like, I'm you know talking to James, talking to Taiwan, and when we get out there on the field, I'm like, these boys is nice. These boys, it's nice. I'm looking at their film, like James showing me his film, Taiwan. I'm like, these boys, is nice. Like they, they good. So I'm like, I wanted to, you know, make sure that they got, you know, like, like what they needed, just in case they wouldn't get it from nobody else. Because one of the things I didn't want to mention before we go, like I, I heard you say about uh, recruiting, and I remember I didn't recruit anybody, but I had people, you know, come to me. Uh, you know, like players. And one of the players was Sean Martin. Sean Martin, he was on the 2000, he started at wide receiver on that 2010. Yep. He came to me and he was, I was he, I was his guy, his walk around guy. And, uh, you know, we had Tim Lepchek there. Right? And Danny Marshall was my dude. I mean, uh, Danny, um, I think that was his name, Dan Marshall. Remember when uh, Joe DiMaria started and then Tim Lepchek came in, but Dan Marshall was there. Dan Marshall was the quarterback. I like that was my dude. I didn't know I know who Tim Lepchak was, but Sean came and he was like, "Yeah, you know, they recruited me to be a quarterback." And I told him flat out, "I'm like, bro, you're not gonna play quarterback here. You're not gonna play because they, they they this dude Tim Lepchak, he's a freshman this year, and he just he he usurped everybody. And the boy can throw 40 yards on the road on a dime. You're not you're not playing. You're not playing. So I told him that. So and this is you know before he made his commitment, and so he decided to come. And I just want like I wanted to be like I'm not about to you know try to mislead anybody these kids into thinking something that they you know these are, he's from New York you know your kids from Florida 
these kids from, you know, they're coming from all over the place. I don't want to mislead nobody. So I'm telling them the truth and be like, you know, and it worked out for him because, you know, he ended up starting. They had to get him on the field because he was good. He was athletic. So they had to get him on the field. So I just wanted to, you know, I, I, you've been listening to your podcast ever since you've been posting them. So I remember, you know, talk about one of your recruitment, you know, recruiting. I think it was James on the James podcast. You were talking about recruitment. And, you know, I was just, you know, like, I, I respect that. And I, I, it was no enforce, I think. And it was, uh, I respect that, like, you know, being honest with people and being, you know, upfront and letting them know this a business. And this, you know, like, you're not going to come get nothing handed to you. I, I came in, they gave me the starting spot because of, you know, how I was playing. I got lazy. They didn't, they didn't let me keep it. It wasn't mine. I had to work. I had to keep working. I started every year after. You know, like I ended up, even though I didn't finish starting my freshman year, I won rookie of the year in the conference. I was good enough that year to win rookie of the year. So, but like, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, you got, when you come up here, you got to, you know, you got to earn the shit. You got to work. So, but yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, man. Hey, but man, I appreciate you. Uh, 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 you know, I'm going to close out, man. Again, thank you uh, for coming on. Um, again, this is the first time, uh, not the last time. Uh, we hope to do this in person one day. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. uh, 1996 Northeast Conference uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, all-time uh, team. All-time all time team. All-time yes, sir. All-time team. The all the original. Team. Yes, the initial first all-time team uh, uh, at defensive tackle. Mr. Murray Poole, appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you, Dr. Dr. Moise Baptiste, one of my, <laughs> one of my I, I, I look up to this dude. He he know he know we talk, we talk off <laughs> we talk off of this. He know I, I admire everything about him, everything he's doing, and you know, continue to do you, continue to grow, and continue to be brilliant. So genius ass, continue to be brilliant. Huh? This nigga, hey, this nigga smart as hell. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I appreciate you, bro, man. All right, man. Be easy. All right, bro. Be easy. Be safe. Yes, yes sir. Love you, bro. Love you, too, nigga. Yes, sir.